thank you to everyone listening to us for now because it's our 50th episode and I think it's a, it's a big milestone now. Let's start with the, you know, with the book Four Disciplines of Execution. So just a little bit of history for you know, five seconds. The book comes from the same people who brought you other Stephen Covey kind of stuff because they are the you know, Covey family. And I, I, I read actually the seven habits of most effective people and First Things First, which were the, the most famous books by Stephen Covey. And I didn't expect anything new from, you know, from the Covey team. And then I got this book. I, I think that's Sean Covey. At least that's what Amazon says to me. Yeah, but it's the Covey team. You know, is the is the Covey mm. uh, company? Uh, Stephen Covey's dead. Oh, I see. Yeah, so see. Uh, not really, uh, you know, uh, capable of writing anymore. But I mean, you know, rest in, rest in peace, man. I yeah, that would be that would be difficult. Yeah, he was a, he was a fantastic contributor to the you know productivity um, industry. Let's call it and um, and to these ideas. So yeah, so four disciplines of execution. What I like about this, it's pretty straightforward and it's pretty exact, exactly common sense. And as we know, common sense is the most uncommon of the senses. Um, mm-hmm. So it it's something that we know we should be repeating and we should be um, focusing on again, something like similar to deep work in this sense. And um, mm-hmm. what I like about it is that they like they came up with this idea that we should be there's one thing to measure the outcome of our work, but there is some. But but very often the outcome actually is not measurable. Like we don't know when it's gonna be like when it's gonna just you know hit something. So for example, when we do some marketing thing in our marketing team of Nosby, mm-hmm. when it's a like direct promotion right now, then we can actually measure what what happened and how many you know how many Nosby you know seats we sold. But if there is like, like a you know webinar that we just teach Nosby to people, we don't know if people from this webinar will convert. I mean, we can try like to 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 give, to give them an additional website or some incentive to convert. But if it's just a, a general webinar of like for teaching, or if I just put out like just like I put my ten step course, I. I, I don't know, you know, how it if it converts, if it you know if it's um, if it makes sense for people, how how it influences. I just do it for the long term. I don't know when it, it will just stick. So like very often we do something we just don't know like when the outcome of this will happen. But mm-hmm. what we but but it's good to to measure that. It, it, it's good to try to measure that. So for example, if I put out a video course, I want to just measure. For example, I can measure how many you know. YouTube video, YouTube views it got. I can measure many things, but on the other hand, um, there are so many things that I can be doing to to help that. You know, to 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 help my results. And very often, what 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 happens with us and with us people actually is that we do something, we work on something very hard, then we just put it out and we just leave it there. And and very often, like there is this Latin saying that the water makes an impact not by just like a huge blow but by constant dropping and and this is what happens here that very often we achieve extraordinary results by not by big blows but by doing something constantly measuring what we're doing keeping track of what we're doing and then just putting it out and then suddenly you know it it just reaches our goal it just you know aligns with our goal and mm-hmm. yeah so so you're you're hitting on i guess the 
probably the most important uh, insight of, of of the book, the, the the difference between lead and lag measures. But I, I think we're missing some some context here. Uh, the book of the uh, the title of the book is Four Disciplines of Execution. So, like, imagine I've never read the book. Try to explain to me what are the four disciplines. Like, what what's what's the systems? How where how those things kind of come together? Okay, Radek. I want to focus on the lag measures and lead measures, but maybe you should you, you go and explain the four disciplines of execution. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, uh, I'll try. So the four disciplines of execution, it's it's a system, right? It's it's a few ideas kind of brought together as you know a system for actually achieving goals. Because you know, like we have our goals, right? And like the 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 biggest problem is is when we like have a, a really important goal that that's not kind of something we already do and like we we have things we important goals we want to pursue but the things that that all, always um uh, there's the the whirlwinds okay the the the, the never ending flow of of urgent tasks and current matters and lots of shallow work right and the real world inevitably always takes precedence so it's hard for us to actually focus on it. So so the idea behind four disciplines of execution, or the others kind of call it shortened as 4DX, which is kind of sometimes cringeworthy, but whatever, 4DX, it's kind of a system for actually achieving the goals. So uh, the four ideas uh, are, like number one is focus on the wildly important goal. Uh, two, act on lead measures. Three, keep a compelling scoreboard. And four, create a cadence of accountability. And so I guess we probably should uh, like explain all, all of these four four things, right? Yeah. So like for the so the problem with you know with life is that I mean I, I like the the word they use whirlwind. Like that, that that you know stuff is happening. And you know and, yeah. and, and, and it's it's a bit of a tongue twister, but I like having a word for this concept because we we see this a lot, especially lately at Nosby, as we're thinking about some you know R and D things, but it's kind of really hard to find time for that. There's always the whirlwinds. There's always the whirlwind, and there are so many things to do. And now and then, I'm I'm still behind so many things. I'm like, Ish. and what they like with the first thing, focus on the most important goal is the the idea that we should really decide what is our goal. Like for the next month, for the next year, whatever. Like, what, what is, what is the one, you know, the one thing, the one thing, <laughs> the, the the goal that yeah. we should really focus on that we will achieve. Like, you know, do we want to double X something, or do we want to achieve this kind of level of something, or do we want to achieve the X, X amount of sales, or something at a horizon? So, like, really to define a goal and define a goal as as a, and 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 align people with this goal. Like, tell, okay, this is, you know, this is what we want to achieve. And I, I think actually in this book they were like, they, they were saying that. What we should do is really like evaluate lots of goals and just then together decide on the on the goal that we want to really pursue and then have people aligned. You know, just we want to get there. Yeah, uh, I guess it's about focus. Like, like obviously you want to work on your most important goal, right? But um, but again, the world always takes precedence, and and because of that, if we want to do something like really important but outside of the world. Uh, we we have to be focused. There, there's always many things we want to pursue and. You have to pick one, at most two, but generally one, one really important goal for your team. If you have a big organization and you can kind of split it into separate teams, then each team can have its own thing. But but for a group of people kind of working together, have one uh, thing, right? And it's kind of like with habits. You can try to learn, you know, many important habits at once. 
and you might feel like this is a good idea because they're all really important, but it doesn't work because you don't have enough focus. It just the attention, the energy brought into it just gets completely um, dispersed onto all these many goals. So like with habits, uh, once a goal is achieved, you can keep it, like it, it's done and you can pursue something else, but as much as possible, focus on the most important thing and if you have many things, if they are kind of constrained that there's an end, you can do it sequentially. Yeah, I mean, and 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 what I liked about what I liked about the example in the book was that, like, even if there, it's a it's a big company, like when you when you get the main goal of the company, then then the departments have different goals, but th- these goals have to be aligned with the big goal, right? Right, right. Yeah, and and the book also recommends like this is the thing everyone always says like. For best results, um, goals should be measurable. So the the wildly important goal, as the book calls it, uh, best should take the form of from X to Y by when, like yeah. I don't know, increase monthly revenue from hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars by the end of the year, right? Right. And, and like this is a problem because like uh, the the whole system, like the, the the system in its entirety, like there's many insights, but the system in its entirety works best for these kind of goals. You can express numerically. Uh, Goals that are harder to express numerically, for example, if the goal is a completion of the project, like it, it's hard to measure because like if it either it's done or it's not done and you have a vague sense of how it's going, but the projects never work like you have a list of tasks and you know exactly how much time each part will take. So it's not always perfect, but if possible, you know, uh, having... Uh, this this numeric representation of, of a goal uh, really helps because you can you can measure it and you can like observe it with with uh, a, a kind of scientific ish approach. Yeah, and um, and later of course something uh, like the the next step uh, is to actually you know measure that act on lead measures. Yeah. So so to really measure stuff and this is something new for us. I mean we <laughs> like we've been very often not measuring ever, like enough things. In our, in our company, like we've been measuring a few things, you know, I mean, who's coming, you know, how many orders we have and stuff. But um, there are lots of other measures that we can, you know, uh, uh, instill. And of course, there are like z- gazillions of measures that you can always put. But again, right. the idea is to find the, the measures, I mean, the statistics, the things that you're measuring that really, really... Uh, v- truly tell you where are you going on the way to, to get your goal. Yeah, but but I think the key insight of the book is that there are two kinds of measures. Yep. And we tend to focus on the lag measures, the, the stuff we ultimately care about. So for example, if your goal is to, you know, increase revenue, you you see at the revenue. It's 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 a number, it's a measure, right? Maybe you're a an academic and you care about papers published, uh, which is an example given in Deep Work when the book mentioned 40x. Yeah. Or maybe you're you're looking to increase the number of your clients or customers, uh, something like that. But but then the the interesting uh, insight is that like we tend to focus on it because this is what we ultimately care about. But the problem is that there is a lag between our actions and the result, right? Like when you track revenue, like you can't influence it directly. Yeah. You can influence it indirectly, but it takes time. Like if you're working on some like mini projects, you're doing the work today, it might go out in two months and then it will it will make some small part of the impact over the next many, many months, right? So we can't directly influence the lack measure. And so there's this idea of 
of lead measure, which is, I think, what you tried to explain at the beginning. Yeah, and this is, for me, the, the game changer of the book. I mean, it's something that mm. I really, uh, I really, truly find fascinating. So, the, the and, and you know, uh, it's about consistency and about, you know, doing something that actually impacts, uh, like, again, we have a whole week of stuff to do. I mean, there's a whole week, we have the whirlwind, things are happening, you're doing lots of stuff. It's not like we're not working, we're working a lot. But then mm -hmm. the idea is to have these lead measures. So is to is to figure out what we should be doing, for example, every week that that would eventually have an impact on our goal. And to mm -hmm, really mm -hmm. consistently be doing that every week. So I, I, this is an example, every week, every day, whatever. I mean, you, you put, you know, the every, whatever you decide on the lead measure. But that, that's the idea. And, and to have the team accountable for these things. So, for example, um, if I want to, let's take an example from my, um, uh, you know, fitness corner. So, if I want to run 800 kilometers in a year, it means I have to run 16 kilometers per week. And it means I have to run 16 kilometers per week. So, I should be actually tracking, not the, the, the like, like, like the, I mean, and ultimately this brings me to my goal of being fit. You know, whatever that means, you know. And right. and the thing is that um, if I don't track it weekly, then at some point I might, you know, figure out I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like 100 kilometers away from my goal and then on, mm -hmm. and on, on the 29th of December. I'm not going to just run, you know, 50 kilometers, 50 kilometer ultra marathons like in two days just to, 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 hit, to hit my mark, right? In the middle of the winter. Exactly. So, <laughs> so that's the thing. And, and... So, so, you know, giving the example of fitness, this really reminds you that, you know, whatever happens, whatever happens in the whirlwind, whatever happens in your life, I mean, in your business life or in your life, it depends where you have the measure, that you should also have time, schedule time for this, you know, lead measure to, to move this lead measure forward. So, um, mm -hmm. and there was a good example in the book. If you are a salesperson, like you have to call, uh, let's say call two people a day, you know, whatever happens. And then if you do right. that, you know, you call uh, 10 people a week and then you can see how, how these calls impact the sales eventually. Right. So essentially, like the, the, the way I think of it is a lead measure is a proxy for the lag measure, right? Yeah. Lead measures happen today and influence the lag measure tomorrow. Yeah. Lead measures don't, don't matter in itself. But if a good lead measure is both predictive of the lag measure so you have enough experience or, or you tried a few lead measures but you know that influencing the lead measure will impact the lag measure that what you ultimately care about so it's predictive and it's directly influenceable so you you said about about running and running every week I, it it kind of works here uh, but but for example like there's an example with like uh, production of like I don't know something dumb like water bottles or so, or something like that, and there was like oh so the lag measure is annual production so the lead measure is monthly production no 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 you don't get it so maybe daily production no but it's still a bad lead measure right it's it's predictive uh, but it's still not directly influenceable like it's it's still like daily production does not cause the the annual production to happen like you you don't cause it directly there, there, there are things that impact it and and that's what you 
you have to you have to check so for example like you when you when you want to to run like you, you have to you have to notice that you need this many kilometers um uh, per week but you can also notice like okay so at the beginning of each week i have to schedule for example these two runs that will be this much and and and, and this long or or for example um i don't know like uh if you're a writer um or maybe uh, you know you you want to publish uh this many blog posts uh in a year uh your 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 rate might might vary but but a a good lead measure might be time spent writing like you know that if you spend the time writing it will happen yeah and you know you can say okay so that means i have to you know publishing 24 posts a year means i have to publish two posts uh, per month but that's still not very helpful but if you put it in, in, into pieces like okay so that means i have to spend uh say you know 20 hours a month writing then you can you can figure out okay i have to spend 5 hours each week writing to uh, and and it's predictive and it's directly influence, influenceable because if you know you have to spend 5 hours each week writing then you can schedule it in your calendar it's directly influenceable and predictive yeah for example if you have a, 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 a i think i think what you said there is is very very important that you know you have to just figure out um like based on history what brought you this result you know and then and, and then kind of plan something different as you said because we are more biased to actually planning i have to just post every week or i have to just post every other week but but you're not actually planning for writing you know you're not taking writing into right. account and you know the the post being published does not happen through your will of publishing every week it happens through the fact that you spend time writing unless right? you're you're yoda and you're like you know have star wars you, know, you have the, the the you know the force with you um exactly so so that this is something to to really think about and reading this book you know help me help me figure out and i'm still figuring out what lack measures and what lead measures uh, to produce for 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 my company and for my team uh, to mm-hmm. achieve the goal that i want to achieve and and this really takes time and takes and takes patience, but it it also takes observation. Just you're just looking. Like for example, I was just listening to Gary Gary V. You know, ask Gary V. book. Vaynerchuk. I yeah, think. Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's always like about hustling, hustling, hustling. And and <laughs> what I have, I mean, what I know from my experience is that, for example, okay, you want people, you know, you want to have, you know, you want to have like more people coming to your website. Okay, and many people will come to your website if they hear about you, you know, in press. So maybe you would like to contact the press, you know, for them to write about you. And then mm-hmm. uh, you, what what happens is that you have to just write to the press and see maybe they will, you know, they will reply, reply to your email or just ignore you. So so what mm-hmm. you do is what you do is you put a lead measure of I have to contact like for example ten um, ten press outlets you know, every day or every week to mm-hmm. write and, and, and to write about uh, my thing. And then maybe some of them will contact, will, 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 will publish this and then I will get the, the traffic. So, so your consistency of contacting them in, in like, <laughs> leads to the goal of you having more traffic to your website, right? But, 
but 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 that's kind of interesting because like this is this insight that you can take out of the whole system and and like consider on its own. So maybe this isn't a thing you do every week that you contact the press. So it's it's not a lead measure because it's not a a, a continuing thing. But you 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 want to try something out and and you have this uh, this insight that uh, the the lag is um, the, the the lag measure it might be you know. Um, your monthly uh, visitors, but you you have this uh, you know the, the, this five wise process of okay like what causes people to come to this website and okay maybe they heard it in the press why well uh, because it has been on the website and okay why would an information about me be some in the press well maybe because I wrote to them right so 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 you you kind of trace back and realize okay uh this this action might might lead to to this lag outcome uh in the end it might not it might be a a bad uh lead measure it might be influenceable but not predictive but you can try out uh things like that yeah and then later later you can for example figure this out okay so according to my experience like if if I contacted x amount of people you know I got that much much of a response which led to this much of traffic and then so like next time you will know that Mm -hmm. and you know as an aside i had a vague notion of a lead measure before not called like that but i i had this idea of proxy measures uh and i used to dismiss them completely because of of this one uh or not not one uh but like bad uses of them uh, and one in particular. So, for example, that there have been these stories of companies tracking lines of code produced by a programmer. Yeah. Right. And and that like things like that really always annoyed me. That that people like focus completely on these arbitrary numbers, these proxies. Like that's not what really matters. What really matters is something else. And you focus on this arbitrary number that that someone came up with and think that it's a good thing, and it's not. It it can be if you do it right, but uh, lines of code per you know week of programmer work is a totally bad lead measure, right? It's influenceable, uh, but it's not predictive of quality, long term maintainability. Uh, if that's a goal, right? You, you you it it there is a correlation, right? If you're more productive, you'll produce more lines of code, but you can also uh, you know change your style and there's more lines of code. You can skip on testing and thinking things through and there's more lines of code. You can uh, you know repeat yourself and not create good abstractions and it will suck for quality, but you can produce more, more lines of code. So like there's a huge danger here that you misuse and abuse uh, this idea that you start focusing on, on this on this number that doesn't really matter and only think in terms of it. Like, I think this, it's a brilliant uh, idea. Like, I mean, it's obvious, but, but, but this idea that you have a proxy for the real measure, for the real result you actually care about, uh, but, but something that's, that's useful because it's directly influenceable today, every day, and predictive. Uh, but you have to do a good job of that and you have to, like, you can never forget about what the main goal is yeah otherwise you'll end up abusing it yeah and but but it's but what i really like about it is that once you have a few of lead measures like and for example you schedule them weekly like weekly i have to like every week i have to do this every week i have to do that and and if you plan them correctly then you also know that uh, like we just something we discussed before about the trade-offs you know like there is will good and everything but 
I have these things that I have to do every week, which lead me to this, you know, lag measure and which lead me to my goal. So mm-hmm. I have to also take it, take, like, if I plan my week, I have to, t- I have to take account, you know, that, that, that these things also have to happen. Uh, because very often we don't, we just, you know, we just let the whirlwind, like the, 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 the thing, um, dictate what we do. Like other people do what we do. That's why when we discussed, you know, before in the previous episodes of the show, like, like that we try to schedule the time for our deep work, for our things and for our lead measures, for our, you know, these small things that we have to do every week that move us mm-hmm. forward towards the, the big goal. Yeah, uh, the, the the last metaphor uh, I wanted to to mention is uh, lead measures are about leverage. They're a lever, yeah. right? You can't move a big stone directly, but you take a, a big enough lever and push it far enough, and you can move the stone a little bit. But you know, you can work with it now, right? It doesn't take so much force that uh, it's impossible. You just you just use leverage, right? So uh, it, it's kind of one way to think about uh, it. It's a proxy measure or, or it's a leverage, a, a lever, right? Was the, I don't remember anymore because I read the book uh, a few months ago. Was the domino example mentioned in the book? I think that might've been another book. Well, anyway, but it's 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 a similar thing. You know, the, the theme of the domino effect, like that there is like the small domino uh, brick can, can, can put down a domino brick, which is like, you know, uh, one and a half times bigger. And then that one yeah. can move, you know, one and a half times bigger. So you can go from a very small domino that can just move a domino, which is the size of a, of a wall down, right? right. Indirectly. But, 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 but you need enough of these dominoes to create the, the lever. Exactly, of. exactly. You have enough, you have you need enough of the, the, these dominoes. You cannot move with this one small domino, like a, like a big wall, but you can do it when you have a few of the dominoes um, uh, on the way, there is. I think there is a YouTube video that shows it, and I and I would love to link it, link to this in the show notes. I think the book you're thinking of is the one thing. I think that's where it was. Yeah, but it still applies to the four decks anyway. Yeah, it, it is, and and uh, there's some connection between the the two books. So the first step is keep a compelling scoreboard. Also, an an interesting, simple yeah. idea that that ties ties back into it. Yeah, and 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 to keep a compelling scoreboard is 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 you know the, what I really liked. <laughs> I never thought about it this way, but 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 it's it's so true. People play differently if they if the score is involved. You know, I, I it, it ties me back to to my basketball corner and me playing basketball. When I play basketball with my brother, we never keep the score because we do it for fun. We don't care who wins. Yeah. We just do it for fun. We're still you know trying to beat the other one. You know, than trying to be better. But because we don't want this to to to, to be a, a rivalry, we want just we just keep it. Simple, we just keep, you know, scoring, we keep playing, but we don't count the score. But if you play, if you compete with somebody, you always keep the score. And when you keep the score, you just perform better. I mean, I, I should know when I, when I run, um, uh, when I run 10 kilometers just on my own, I usually do it in, you know, 52, 53 minutes, you know, 50 minutes. Sometimes it depends on my mood. I listen to an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Life is good. And then suddenly I'm surprised when I compete in a triathlon and the 10 kilometer run is at the end of everything after my swim and my, my bike ride that I still can do the run in, in around 15 minutes. Right. After all this, I shouldn't be tired. I shouldn't be able to do it. But because I'm competing, because there are other people there and, and because there is time and everything, I do it better. I perform better. So You're engaged. I'm more engaged. So that that's why... Uh, I really like in this book that, that, that they encourage us to create scoreboards, to create a place where the team 
uh, aligned with the goal knows what the score is. Yeah. So again, a thing to be careful of, right? Like uh, as with measures, but if you have the measure and you want to to move it and it's kind of a a team play, uh, then put it on a scoreboard, right? And it's kind of, it's about the engagement from the team. And there's this uh, idea that engagement drives results, right? If you care, you'll do it. But seeing the results every day kind of feeds back uh, and drives more engagement, right? Because you see the score. So so you can imagine how, like, there's some ultimate goal, there's some lag measure uh, that it wants to achieve, but it's kind of separated from the, the day-to-day and from the kind of people on the floor with, with their hands dirty. Uh, but but you, you have a lead score uh, that's directly influenceable, and you put it on a scoreboard, like, of some sort. It, it doesn't have to be a literal physical scoreboard, but, but just something, some place where people see this, uh, and, and if the measure matters, and you really care about uh, achieving it, put it on a scoreboard, and everyone, every day, will see it, and think about it, and maybe be, like, slightly motivated by it to try to move it, because it just feels nice that you, you come back to work uh, the next day, and you see that you're winning. Yeah, and the score is different, right? Yeah, the score is different. I don't remember that it was in this book or, again, another book. I mean, we read so many books, man. I mean, it's, I'm already, yeah, it's already getting... That's why we should discuss them right away. It's already become very confusing. But I remember there was a, there was a book, uh, um, that, there was an example of a CEO, a new appointed CEO to a company, and, and the company was in trouble, financial trouble, but they appointed a new CEO. It was a manufacturing company, a company that was producing things. And... The guy said, this new CEO and his expose to the shareholders, he said, I'm going to make personal safety in our, in our you know, production uh, cycle. I want to make personal safe, safety the most important thing. I'm going to make sure that we have no more accidents in our factories. I want to make sure that personal safety is the most important thing. And they were like, mm-hmm. what? Like, you should be talking about revenues, about growing our company and not about personal safety. I mean, this is not really what's important. What's important that we produce so many things that we can sell and then we just win uh, the, the the revenue game. What, wasn't wasn't that the story about Nucor, the, 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 the steel company? Yes, yes, yes. It was one of the books I read too. I, I don't remember which one. Yeah, but what I liked about it was that he, he mentioned the lead measure. The lead measure for him, he created yeah. lead measures to improve safety. He asked for, 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 for feedback from the team. What can they do daily to improve the safety of the people? And when they started focusing on that, they started focusing on, on, on all the details at the factory and they started focusing on producing better, on, on, on getting better results. And in the end, they won. But he knew that, uh, that a lead measure that, that the team can push forward is more important to the team than the lag measure of having these revenues. Ah. You know, yeah. he just realized what, as you said, what's closer to the team, what the team can directly influence. The workers don't don't care about the steel. Yeah, they don't. They don't. It's abstract for them. They go day in and day out, and then they work in the factory. They don't care about the you know the the, the thing that the shareholders care about. You know, and yeah. so he did something brilliant. He focused on the lead measure. He focused on something that, that they can influence. On a on a scoreboard that they can actually improve. Yeah, but 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 what an interesting idea! Like it wasn't just um, remarkable that it was kind of different. It wasn't what people expected. It wasn't just nice for the workers. But it you could really see it. Uh, I, I think 
uh, in this story and many stories how how safety in in factories is is critical because when when something bad happens production stops right like there there's a problem there's a man stuck in the machine right you can't produce widgets anymore yeah right and and same and same with like um these ideas um about lean manufacturing in, in like Japan and, and stuff, how how every single worker could literally, uh, you know, stop uh, the production line when yeah. they see uh, something uh, something that's dangerous or not working. Like if you if you keep it safe and when you keep everything maintained on time, then there's a good then there's a very good chance that you'll have your your production keeping running on ninety nine point nine percent of the time. And that means, guess what? You'll make more money because you'll produce more widgets. You won't have this idle time when something bad happens, a machine broke or a man broke, stuck in the machine, and the production stops. Yeah, and that's why for, for, for me, for me, these these examples correlate, you know, with with for DX. That's why I think for DX is so brilliant, and that's I think. Also today, while talking to you, I just realized that I haven't been also like interpreting the the, the, the lead measures correctly at some of the at some of the some of the points. So, so really, um, that's it. You know, think about you know these things like like you know you have to really do the I mean you have to do the why thing. You know, the the why 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 and to, to and to see where you can improve. And mm-hmm. and I, I still don't know how, but. I really want to make sure that we finally also figure out in our team, in our teams, you know, in Nosby, how we can really create a scoreboard that people can influence, you know, that, we, that, that I mean, this is, you know, this is something that really is, is helpful and then it's, it's really, you know, uh, reassuring, but it's, it's hard to do. It's really hard to find these lead measures, but... But true. But if you can do that, then 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 I think it works brilliantly. I mean, really, I mean, if you think about this guy, you know, and the security and stuff, and from there bring the company back you know to, to being the best in the industry is is like you know it was brilliant All right so so the, the fourth and last step that really ties it together and i think makes it work is create a cadence of accountability this really binds the whole system together like what, what we do for example in in the in the in our company is that we have um, a weekly um director's meeting uh what mm-hmm. what, what what is this uh it's, it's a, an hour-long meeting where we have a common project in Nosby where we have our goals for the week, you know, and everybody in on this meeting discusses, it's like, a, it's like what you have, guys, I mean, with the, the, uh, uh, you have this scrum meeting, you know, the developers, like every day that you said what you did yesterday and what you're going to do today, right? So in, so right. This, this one, this meeting is for us like a weekly meeting, what we did last week and what we want to do, focus on next week. And this gives us this account- accountability. We know what we decide, what we told everyone else what we'll be doing. So it's really like if we don't deliver next week, and very often we don't, unfortunately, because of the whirlwind, because of all the th- these things. Right. It feels bad. You feel like, well, you don't feel very, very well because we have to report. Yeah, <laughs> I had this goal, and this goal, and unfortunately, I, I didn't deliver them because of whatever, and I have to, you know push them this week and then I have these other new goals and it's uh, embarrassing uh, really yeah so this this ties back again to so many conversations and I, I think we'll do an episode on just this idea in the future but you need feedback loops yeah you, you remember when we talk about week, weekly review what's a weekly review it's a feedback loop mm-hmm. right It it's good when you have a goal it's good when you can measure it 
it's even better if you can if you have a lead measure that that's kind of provides you with leverage it's even better if you can see it on a scoreboard but it doesn't matter if you don't actually look at it review it think what it means and decide what you're going to do and then review it think okay i decided to do this did i achieve it if so did it work did it move the lead the lead measure if not why if yes how can i make sure it happens again like we need feedback loops to to drive our things forward because we forget things we get distracted but when we like make it a high stakes game that there's a thing there's a regular kind of review meeting every week or every whatever um, then you can review things right and it applies to so many things but in this system it works too right for this particular uh, system like I, I remember you might remember I, I showed like the graphs of my weight yeah they start in 2010 I've been tracking it it's there isn't really a, a satisfactory lead measure for it just the, the, the lag measure the result my weight I tracked it for for over five years. I had a scoreboard. I have a graph with it. Yeah. But it wasn't enough, right? It's not enough that, that you track things if you don't act on it, if you don't decide every week to 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 try to make a dent. Yeah, to to eat differently, to you know, to, to actually do something that will influence that, right? Right. And and so for this, um the book suggests the system suggests that you have a weekly uh meeting. Like it has to be quick, it has to be engaging, has to include everyone. Like no matter the whirlwind, it must happen. Like you must push your goal every week. You need the feedback loop, right? And so the point of the meeting is uh, review, like make goals for the next week and review goals from the last week. Uh, like this isn't a status meeting for your boss. This is the point is that every single person uh, makes their own go goals and commitments and then... Um, is accountable for their commitments the next week, right? And keep it focused. And the goals are for driving the lead measure, right? Nothing else, nothing about the world. And just, just make one or two commitments every single person about. Exactly. I'll do. I'll try to do this to move the lead measure. I mean, exactly. This is what we do in in, in our in our like with my direct reports, and it it works brilliantly. I mean, you know, uh, it really does does help, and it's really a short meeting. We do the the status report. We know where we are. We can help each other, you know, and we can help each other decide what we should be doing, right? Like very often we mm-hmm. have this discussion then, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing that, but you should be doing the other thing because it will help us more. Like, you know, these kind of things. Yeah. So again, uh, this system um, kind of works, the parts work well together, but I've also been like the whole system... <laughs> I think there are some kind of issues with it, the, the way it's uh, it's structured and, and, and kind of focuses on on easily measurable like numeric things that make it hard to apply to some of the things we do at Nosby, mm-hmm. but though we should probably try, uh, but still parts of the system are still um, relevant and like e- even parts of it are useful. Like it's useful to have leverage. It's useful to have a scoreboard. It's useful to have a cadence of accountability, a feedback loop, right? Totally, totally. So what what I what I would have to say is that you know uh, I think it's 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 a it's a good system and it's a it, it ties really well with 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 what we discussed before with the deep work and with with you know with with the one thing like with with mm-hmm. with the concepts we've been discussing on the show before and with the books that we recommended 
Yeah, so actually, before we end, I, I wanted to, to have this one example that was mentioned in, in Deep Work. Deep Work uh, like introduced me to, to the book. Mm-hmm. So an example, right? You have an important personal goal, say, uh, publish 10 peer-reviewed papers by the end of the year. That was useful for the, the book's author because he's a, 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 co- a computer science um, professor, right? And so that's the wildly important goal. Publish 10 peer-reviewed papers by the end of the year. Uh, number two is, you know that a predictive and influenceable lead measure is to spend as much time writing in deep work as possible, so you start tracking that, right? The, the lag measure is 10 peer-reviewed papers. The lead measure is as much time as possible writing in deep work. So number three is, you make a compelling scoreboard just for yourself. Like, it's not even a, a, a company thing, right? So you create a compelling scoreboard of time spent in deep work. And maybe put in a whiteboard and like each day you'll fill a box and then add up the count for the week. And then for each week, you review the lead measure uh, progress last week and make a commitment for next week and decide how can you can improve the process, right? Like here in the in the step four, you really decide how can I make this work well every week to actually push it forward so that I don't forget about it. I don't get distracted. I don't... I don't uh, get stuck in the whirlwind. Yeah, that I have more time for deep work, you know, that I create this time, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, now that we discussed the 4DX, I think, you know, we should just uh, say thank thank you to everyone listening to us for now because it's our 50th episode and I think it's a a big milestone now. Yeah, it's pretty much a year. I think we recorded right after WWDC last week at like June 9th, 10th probably. So we're almost a year and 50. What a, what a round nice number. And, you know, here's to another 50. We have so much more to talk about. Yeah, and I think we, we, we found our, our voice and I think we found our theme of this podcast, actually. And, uh, yeah. and you know, and I really enjoyed talking to you about these books and about the, all these concepts because it, it helps me clear them, you know, clear them in my mind, you know, and then and, and understand them better. Yeah, I, I just love this. We started talking about all sorts of things. We still talk about all, all sorts of things. I think you want to talk about your baseball uh, today and I wanted to talk about rock. Yeah, basketball. I'm, I'm sorry, don't don't hit me. Um, but, you know, we like I just really love how this became uh, a sounding board for ideas, how we can like discuss interesting ideas from books, talk about books, about insights, right? And try to refine them, try to... Um, make our own understanding of it better and and share it also. I just think it's really cool. Yeah, and and uh, the more we do it, the the more uh, from other listeners. I'm 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 getting feedback that that they are also listening and enjoying our show, which is really really good. And so thanks everyone listening really. And um, and let's uh, just um, give me a, a small basketball corner for now because we the last episode we discussed that my beloved team golden state warriors was um feeling uh too like was was feeling too much of a complacent you know the best team ever and everything goes kind of team and they almost lost the playoffs they were in a 3-1 so 3 uh 3-1 in a f- four wins series so only one more win to the other team and they would just go out and from that predicament, they actually won three games straight and 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 came out uh, winning and came out going to the finals. So uh, it's um, 
already, I mean, they are in the finals. And just today, uh, I mean, yesterday, they won their first game in the finals. And they played like a team. I mean, their their main scorers, Clay Thompson and Stephen Curry, uh, scored really few points, but the rest of the team played. And the bench played. I mean, lots of people played. And compared to the other team that lost, the bench didn't play at all. So they were great again. You know, make <laughs> Golden State Warriors great again. Right? They 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 became uh, again the team. Uh, I hope they, they they are right. So they had this moment of of of, of lapsing of 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 thinking they are you know too too big to lose, uh, too too great to 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 lose. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, but they came back from that, I th- and I think from like judging from the first game of the finals that they came out stronger actually and more confident and and it's really um, I'm really proud of them and I'm really happy about it and I'm enjoying watching them play. So here's to Goddess the Warriors. I'm happy. You're happy. <laughs> Next week will be, will be difficult uh, because we'll talk about something else. We'll talk about WWDC. Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference that happens every year. Yeah. Uh, but this will be different because this year I am going to WWDC, uh, which we briefly mentioned before. So I'll be there in San Francisco nine hours away, uh, nine hours in time difference away. So we'll probably like either record when it's really late at night on Monday for me or really early in the in uh, Tuesday. Uh, but I'll be there live in person to like gather like not just what happened because that everyone can see, but what was the energy in the room? What what people thought there in person? Uh, what um, what Apple engineers said? So that will be uh, very interesting, uh, slightly different from what we talk about normally. But um, I like I I don't think we'll talk about like just news because you can get that everywhere. But I think we'll focus on how this applies to us like yeah. what's interesting about it in in terms of the ideas we talk about in terms of uh, nosbear product totally because uh, you know the the general news of what's happening in the apple world there's just there's just so many outlets there you can get them there but yeah we'll discuss uh, what's there what's in there for us and what's in what's in there for our product and for our future yeah, I also wanted to add uh, one more PSA, uh, which is that uh, I've been to another podcast, which is interesting. I've never been to another podcast. Nice. I've only been to this podcast. So I've been to this podcast called Swift Coders. So if you're interested in that, I'll I'll put the link in. Uh, but for what it's worth, it's it's not it's not a very like it, it's a podcast about. Uh, programmers uh, interested in uh, Apple's new program language called Swift, uh, but it's not a very technical podcast. It's not about code. It's about people, about stories, about Swift coders. So if you're just interested in programming or like would like to start or whatever, that's that's for you too. All right, I I I must admit I haven't listened to this episode. I'm going to bookmark it and and, and check it out. All right, uh, you want to do the rocket corner? Yeah, if we can still push it, then then you know, then just bring it on. Yeah, it's just going to be a longer one. You can skip it if 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 you don't want. Okay, so uh, there's been another uh, launch and successful landing of the Falcon Nine, and I wouldn't normally mention it because hey, it's like fourth time they landed a thing that did a thing that never has been done before, so it's like boring. Like it's already a thing we can do, so I didn't normally mention it. But but there's just some uh, some interesting things. Uh, 
in particular about this launch that that were uh, that happened. So I'll I'll send you this um, a link to a picture. Yeah, I've seen this picture before. Yeah. Okay. So so explain to me what what do you see on the picture? What I see there is uh, is the Falcon Nine uh, rocket almost collapsing. Yeah, it's like it landed, it worked, but it's like tilted at like five degrees angle it's not that far away from i mean it looks like it's almost going to to just tip over and explode i mean for me it was it was ridiculous that they managed to 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 bring a rocket tilted like this in the ocean (laughs) and and through the ocean Uh back to the harbor i mean it should oh yeah it was many hundreds of kilometers trip and like this is ocean right things happen on the ocean this is exactly this ocean it's like not a lake man i mean it's not like uh, a pond it's like like things happen waves happen and everything and it was still it's a huge rocket and it managed to survive and to get to the you know uh, harbor safely oh yeah it's it's 50 meters tall so like i do not envy the the guy that had to come up on the deck and secure the rocket to the, you know, to the deck. Like I, I would. It just seems pretty dangerous. So I'm, I'm glad it, it survived. But it's, it's just interesting how it didn't go perfectly. Uh, the, the legs have have like a, you can think of it as a shock absorber, right? And normally it just, it will like bend slightly and it's going to be fine. And they have like a crush core, like a, an aluminum honeycomb. That like if it lands particularly hard as it did this time, it just gets crushed. Yeah. So that's why it it's tilted. But the thing is, they can replace the legs, the the leg piston, and I'm pretty sure the the rocket is still good enough to fly again. <laughs> amazing. So it's amazing. Like they barely recovered it, but it's fine. Yeah, and the and I think the the, the video of it landing, like the one that they showed on Instagram. In, in 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 you know fast forward it's just amazing it's mind blowing how it just goes through the stratosphere through you know through the through the through the sky and just lands on this small barge you know in the middle of the ocean it's just crazy yeah so I actually wanted to talk about it because this this is a view that has never been shown before it's like a view from um like the the highest point of of the of the rocket pretty much and then all of the the complex the, the choreography of maneuvers uh, that are necessary for for landing like it just seems so simple right i mean clearly it's not but it's just it's mind-blowing how many like parts are there uh for this successful uh landing like how many how many things you have to do uh how many maneuvers you have to uh do to actually make it work so it's just like amazing amazing footage that everyone should see and it's just like interesting how many uh like little details you can pick up from the video because again, they, they never showed this kind of view. So the, the first thing you'll, you'll notice, uh, which is not intuitive for some people, is that even though the rocket is off, it's still going up. Okay? Yeah. Because like after it shuts off, the first stage shuts off, the second stage goes up to the orbit while the first one uh, starts to uh, you know land, but it doesn't descend immediately. When it separates, it's going 2300 meters per second. Okay, and so it will take like just by the the force of gravity, it will take two hundred and and thirty seconds, almost four minutes, for it to slow down to zero before it starts descending. So after it shuts off, it's still going up for a long time, and you can totally see it. So that's interesting. Yeah, you're right. Right. 
And then you can see uh, the, the RCS, the reaction control systems. Uh, th there's like nitrogen thrusters. They're just essentially like compressed gas that they use to, to flip the rocket around uh, like above the atmosphere, yeah. right? Because it's like a big thing. And like you won't turn on like the main engines. You just use this nitrogen thruster to flip it around. Then they open grid fins so that they don't have to do it once back in the atmosphere, right? Yeah. And then you have uh, entry burn, uh, so it, it takes like 18 seconds in reality. Here it's like one and a half seconds. And like the idea is that w without it, it it would like, you'd rather not do it because you'll still like, after you shut off, you'll still start to accelerate again, right? So you're, you're wasting uh, energy. But if you didn't do it, you'll start to enter the atmosphere at at too, too fast, right? And then you'll you'll just start burning up. That's not good. So you do the entry burn to slow down. You, you see the nitrogen thrusters pointing it in the right direction and then changing to a gliding position so that as it descends through the atmosphere, uh, the, the whole stage kind of works as a, um, a lifting body, right? It, it gets a little bit of lift uh, from the atmosphere itself so that it slows it down, so that the, the glide is a bit more horizontal, so that it has more time for drag to slow it down. It doesn't, so that it has to uh, use uh, fuel to do that. So little things are like that. And then again, you have the grid fins that, that uh, do precision landing. Without it, like they, they did ocean touchdowns without those, but with like 10 kilometer precision and you like one meter precision to do this. So you have the grid fins to like precisely control uh, in atmosphere. Then you have the landing burn, again, grid fins to control it. And the, injo, the, the engine itself, it has, uh, it gimbals, right? So it can like move around to change which direction it's thrusting. So you can control direction this way. And again, it's, it's a difficult burn. You start with three engines out of nine turned on, which gives you like four or five Gs, I don't remember exactly, of deceleration. It's like serious deceleration. And then at the last moment, you switch two off and just with one engine at minimum thrust, uh, you, you try to touch down. So if, if you're wondering why it's almost uh, tipping over, that's why. Crazy, crazy. And it like when you watch the video it it seems like out of space <laughs> it seems like really it's it's crazy it seems not doable and it's done yeah i think elon musk it's it's like i don't know from some other planet or uh from the future like i, I don't know like uh, i don't know if, if you've seen uh the interview he had at at the the code conference like yes and and he talked about hyperloop and about um something he called neural lace so like a a brain digital connection uh and like he explains why but like his ambition never ceased to amaze he said that if no one tackles hyperloop or the neural lace he'll do that as if he wasn't happy enough creating two successful internet companies and then revolutionizing space and transportation that's not enough for elon musk well unless someone else tackles that but will they really the 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 world needs more Elon Musk. Yeah, the world needs more Elon Musk. I mean, he's a you know, crazy genius and a crazy genius with a mission.